The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Well, you're muted. I kind of love. There's, there's part, part of me, of me that, that really loves the power. power. Uh, no, um, there's not part of you, Kate, that loves the power. <laughs> there's you that loves the power. Hey, look who I have here. Uh, uh, make it. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, screen now. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hello, we're broadcasting love here today at a little fun. We're broadcasting love. Do, are, are we disclosing the... Uh, I, I said online on Twitter that we were going to be live from the Bulwark studio, and it turns out that was incorrect. That was incorrect. We are not. We're live from Sarah Longwell's office, which is where I was having a secret Bulwark meeting. There's a separate <laughs> Bulwark studio across the street, but no one is there. So I've needed a key, and I don't know how the lights work. And, you know, I'm, I, I have my West Coast Bulwark office, which is my bedroom. In Oakland, and so I don't, I don't, you know, kind of know how to work it. So we're here at Sarah Longwell's office instead, and she's a little under the weather, so she's not going to join us. Sadly, yeah, we got, we got, no, we, we caught us, we caught sight of Bill Crystal, though. There is a real Crystal sighting out there. We and he declined. He declined. We invited partially, him, and, and he was like, "No, no. Yeah. he's like, you might, you might rope me into the French Village podcast." <laughs> um, all right. I don't, I don't really, really want to know. know. Uh, basically, basically, what. The like the like the Bill Crystals and like all of these like lionized figures that I respect from like the pages of the Atlantic think about the craziness it is that we do on in lieu of fun. <laughs> like I just he came on, I have it crystallized in his mind, him and his bookcase, and he approves. And you don't don't disabuse me of that. <laughs> all right, should we go live? All right, we're waiting for, you know, we've got to see whether the Longwell Partners uh, Internet can deliver the Blue Go Live button in I a thought, timely fashion. I thought we were already live. No, we're live locally on Crowdcast, but we're not on YouTube yet. Yeah. Ah, there yeah. it is. Click. Do you want to do and we're live? And we're live. It is Monday. Yeah. What the hell is the date? October 25th, 2021, 5.01 p.m., and we are here in person, at least the Washington side of In Lieu of Fun is here in person with a brand new dog shirt and a Tim Miller. And it, also shirt. We're broadcasting love. Broadcasting love. Broadcast love. From Sarah Longwell's office, but without Sarah Longwell, because we've taken over her office. Um... And uh, for those of you who've been inquiring about it, the half of the shipment of dog shirts has arrived. Genevieve's amazing new dog shirt has not arrived. A bottle, a wonderful bottle of bourbon came with me um, to drink out of paper cups from the corner bakery. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's good to do shit in person, Tim. It's good to see your it actual is so face. Nice. It is so nice. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to everybody. Happy to be here in Washington for 36 hours, as long as I can handle you people. 
So, yeah. So move us back to normal size so that you guys can be on screen. This feels this we can lean in. I want to see Kate. Yeah. I want to see Kate. <laughs> Hello, Kate. I didn't mean I like to your tongue. Um, um, I didn't mean to stick out my tongue. Uh, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk. Yeah, I um I actually like was reminded I was hung out with like one of my friends from high school uh, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and he took a picture. He was like, "Let's take a picture," and I was like, "Ah!" And he was like, "You literally," and then he like pulled up a bunch of pictures from like high school, in which I make that exact same face my entire life. Apparently, I've like, I've never never taken a picture. So, so you know, I always do this when people at me and I have pictures of myself from like a very young age doing what Tammy and I call bass face um but like yeah <laughs> Genevieve I see you as, a, as the duck lips I did are you a duck lip photo taker I did go through a phase it was a very very regrettable phase but there's a series of photos where it's just like constant oh, there it eyebrows. eyebrows. It was. Just, mm-hmm. It was just. But I think that. But I think today, that for today, before we before speak, we, we should speak, all have we to all... <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's it's useful because it'll let Kate know when to unmute us. <laughs> yeah, if you want to speak, I, just I, go. That seems like a terrible thing to do. Um, and uh, not <laughs> okay, Genevieve. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Um, what are we going to talk about today, guys? Um, Tim, why are you on this cross-country tour? You hung out with Eric in Idaho, and now you're in D.C. Tell us. Hey, Eric. I have. A, I should be wearing my Ada County Democrat shirt, which he kindly delivered to me at a playground um, while I was extremely hungover in Boise. But this has been long planned. I'm in lieu of fun. I, I believe, I, I'm not certain, but I believe my very first in lieu of fun, Eric asked a question. Maybe a second, and uh, and we've long planned this. I try to go to Boise once a year with the pandemic, so we hung out in the park. It was nice. He was shorter than I thought. So was Ben, by the way. The pandemic. I'm thing shorter really, than everyone thinks. It really tricks you when you're just on Zoom. But other than that, because Eric has this kind of Viking vibe, and I was kind of expecting like a Viking man, but he was sort of like a mini Viking man, uh, <laughs> handsome, still <laughs> handsome and charming, but not Vikingish. Uh, and then, uh, so that was for a concert, and I'm here in Washington for a secretive bulwark summit, which I just announced to everybody, just kind of discussing bulwarky things. And, um, you know, that's, what, that's what, it. What is a secretive bulwarky summit? Com- well, const- like, do you get together and, and discuss how to fortify things? Uh, yeah, well, no, we just have kind of like, a, like we put up some candles below visages of like George H.W. Bush <laughs> and like Liz Cheney. And, uh, you know, we say some, we do some prayers and some kind of positive affirmations. Uh, so there's that. And then, you know, some uh, there's, uh, look, we're in office. Everybody's got their own opinions. What should the bulwark do? What, what you know, t- people want Tim to do a podcast. Uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion about that. So I had to hear What would every- a Tim podcast that's, be called? That's, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't maybe know. we should talk about that as, uh, like, like, get the In Lieu of Fun audience suggestions for titles for a Tim podcast. Sure, I'll gladly take suggestions. The problem is I don't, like, I'm more concerned about what the topics are. I no, 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 I, you I, got to start with a title. You start and work back from there? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that's incorrect. I'm sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm exercising my, 
do not work back from a title. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. But no, wait, what are you going to, like, so we could start from a title. Well, first, maybe that is our first poll question. Work back from a title or start with an ideas premise. We'll put that up, see what people think. And then next steps. Yeah, next up. So it's big. I just, I just wanted to let you know I've gotten a lot of bad ideas already. So don't get your feelings hurt if I reject your idea. Um, you, you will not be alone. You'll be in good company. So, you know, just little stuff like that, and it's all part of the brainstorming process. So, um, you know, we lament the state of things, and I think the bulwark, the bulwark should should uh, acquire in lieu of fun, and. We, you know, lots of bulwark people should host it, and you guys should sell a lot of advertising. What and, are you going to do? Oh, we're going to scale back our involvement <laughs> to two or three times Go. a week, so rather than you know five you or think six. The bulwark should pay you to do nothing. Oh no, no, we didn't say anything that, about that paying like me. A great idea. I, I, I just think you know we're, we're just looking for for free. people for, for people to do the work. Uh, free, okay. Well, I'll throw that into the kitty at the yeah, next uh, the evening evening quickly. session. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's good. I don't know. Uh, and that's what's happening here, Kate. Well, you're, you're in charge. I thought you had some topics for me, some controversial items for me to discuss and give my wrong views on. Yeah. Yeah. No? Um, um, I'm still trying to kind of like, you. it's like cognitive dissonance to hit mute on you guys when I'm about to talk. It is just like very weird. So, like, it's kind of just like taking me a second. Um. So, but I would like to know, like, um, I have not been following the politics lately because I've been immersed in um, in Facebook file stuff and Facebook paper stuff and the Francis Haugen stuff and all of that. Uh, do you ready to talk? Go ahead, Tim. Fa- Tim. I have Facebook thoughts if you want to do that. But that's I was okay. thinking that. I was okay, thinking that. That's what I was going to ask. I'm on Joy, I'm on Joy Reid tonight. You're on Joy Reid tonight talking about Facebook. That'll be. Uh, here's just a quick tip for warning. I love Joy Reid's show. Uh, I think Joy is very charming, and we've gotten along famously, despite the fact that we, our politics are not always aligned. Uh, Joy, though, takes some liberties, and she puts you on the screen with her. And so, like, Joy's out there just, like, vamping about stuff. And, like, you know, sometimes it's like, like, yes, girl, like, go. And other times it's like, whoa, like, where are you, what are you talking about right now? But you're on the screen the whole time. So just this little media training tip for Joy Reid show is just kind of get your RBF ready, you know, just kind of standard, you know, because what you don't want is on Twitter. Like I got yelled at on Twitter the other day because I was laughing. Tim Miller stands by while Joy Reid exactly like laughing while Joy Reid says some crazy thing, and I was like, I don't, I was, I was thinking about what I was going to say next. I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, So that's my little tip for Joy Reid. As far as Facebook is concerned. I have a mixed view on the Facebook situation because um, they obviously don't really care about societal health. But, like, is this really breaking news? Is this breaking news that they don't care about it? I, I just don't I just don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of this news is kind of like, duh, news that people are very upset about. And I think that they are in a very tough situation where they are, um, you know, probably a net negative drag on society, but like, that's true for a lot of businesses, and they take a lot of heat for it, uh, and they don't know whether just to like go the oil company route of like, you know, we're just going to own this, um, or whether they kind of appeal to their more the staff that like kind of hates them, kind of seems like, um, and like appeal to them. 
and and I, and I think that uh, that they are kind of stuck in this mushy middle that has them in a really tough straits. And I just have to say, I don't hate watching their pain because they are in a lot of pain right now, and they are not doing a really great job of getting themselves out of pain. Uh, they're just complaining about it, and uh, you know, I don't really think it's that fair because I think that YouTube is just as bad, if not worse than them, and, um, you know, like, none of these guys are angels, like, you know, Apple has, like, slave labor in China and all that stuff, so, like, all of these guys have their problems, but uh, Facebook takes all the heat, and, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, I, I have extremely mixed, mixed views on all of that. So, if you guys are not members of Bulwark Plus, and you have therefore not heard the ongoing, uh, uh, slugfest on the secret podcast and on the next level podcast about uh, whether Facebook should be ground up into a fine dust and sprinkled over the Rocky Mountains or whether it should merely uh, be treated like an, any other hateful company. <laughs> um, uh, this is uh, worth the entire price to watch JVL and, and, and all the everybody gang up on JVL on this. It's it's been great fun. Yeah, JVL. This is like gra- get rid of all Facebook. It's a it's horrible. And it's kind kill of like, all their employees. Yeah. Put them fire, in concentration. Fire camps. them into the sun. Yeah. And it's kind of like every once in a while he's got a point. I mean, Facebook <laughs> isn't great. I don't think. Um, you know, but uh, at the same time. I think there are better ways to deal with this. And I also, I often think that there is, I don't know, Kate, I think this is where you and I are aligned. I'm interested in your take on this. I feel like the criticisms of them are almost always, like, misaligned from, like, the actual things that they should be criticized for. And, like, for example, like, the obsession over the, um, you know, over the antitrust stuff, which is, like, maybe true for their WhatsApp purchase, but, like, it's not, like, for the Facebook and themselves. Like, a million competitors to them. Trump just started a new competitor. New competitors sprouting up every day. TikTok just came out of nowhere and is, like, going to dominate them pretty soon. It's, like, that is a weird one. But, like, nobody ever talks about, you know, and, and there's, I guess, not nobody ever, but rarely do people talk about news feed. Like, the biggest way to criticize them is, is, is newsfeed, which, like, they should actually have to take responsibility for, which they don't, right? Like, okay, they, okay. so they let the algorithm take responsibility for newsfeed. And I think a fair criticism of Facebook is, like, well, if you're going to have a newsfeed, then you should have to, ha- like, be more responsible about how to manage it. Like, if you want to just do reverse chronology, like you did 10 years ago, like, I, I would almost, I'd be okay with that, probably. This is where JVL would be like, no, that's still horrible, kill Facebook! But, uh, like, reverse chronology would have its own problems, but at least then it would be, like, people doing their own thing. Or if people had to, like, actually type in facebook.com slash Dan Bongino, like, I'm fine with that. But, like, putting Dan Bongino into unsuspecting Rubes' face is is where I is like where I think that there's fair criticism of them and I and I like feel like they have these the, these hearings like you know and they they'll, they'll go eight hours and like nobody will even mention newsfeed they like complain about all, like complain about all this other stuff. What do you think? Okay, um, so I'm sadly I really am sad that we have to keep muting you guys because of the echo, um, but because it like kind of takes away from like the give and take of this and you heckling me, which I know you're absolutely going to do, but you can just like make faces. Or uh, <laughs> um, uh, first of all, like 
I really dislike the JVL take. Um, I have never listened to JVL except or like really have never figured out what JVL even stands for, except that I know that he's come after like stands for like the letters stand for like he's this imaginary person that has come after Ben. And as Ben's friend, I'm very concerned. He's come after Ben because he's jealous that you're friends with Sarah Longwell. And he like really. Okay. 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 Yeah. Wait, yeah. that's fake. Wait, that's fake. It's a joke. JVL and I are buds. That was my joke. Oh, okay. As long I, as long as you know it's a joke. JVL and I are. Old. I've known JVL longer than I've known Sarah. I I am uh, very attached to JVL, and I think it is very funny and fun that he plays uh, the left wing radical in the bulwark crowd. I love that shit. I'm okay. getting ready. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm grading your takes on the fly since we can't have a it, give and take. It's the it's the uh, the New York Times needle, yeah, right? Um, okay, so no, I think that the, I think that you're exactly right. I think Facebook gets blamed for too much. I think that like there is no future in which Facebook is ground into dust. It will either organically kind of disappear into the ether because of TikTok and other things happening, or it's going to like whatever. The idea, I see a lot of smart, a lot of smart people bandying around the idea of monopoly. And for a long time, I was like, everyone must be smarter than me. And then I like spent six months digging into antitrust and monopoly and was like, no, there is no monopoly here. Like This is actually not definitionally monopoly. Even if you reformed the entire idea of monopoly, it would not be monopoly. Like, I'm like feeling pretty confident in that. Um, but basically, like the... The general take, so there's this one line that I think was really good that says that basically that they knew everything that was happening with the stop the steal stuff, but there was no indication. And this is like in the post, this is in the leaks of the Facebook papers. There was no indication that they were violent or actually going to mobilize into something violent. It was actually, they were dealing with it as individual groups and individual speech. Could you have put on your like magic, like, well, this group is acting a lot like white supremacy or Proud Boys groups or like other types of groups before they started radicalizing into violent speech or types of things like that. Like, absolutely. But they were kind of caught in the middle of this, like, do we really heavily weigh into like the democratic discourse of a bunch of people who seem to legitimately think, no, really, you're not liking this take? What would you do differently? Would you literally just like ban people that disagree with you? Is that like what you would do? Okay. I like that you're panting like dogs that answers that question. It's like, it's like for my visual. visual. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, or the ban the groups. I, again, I like, I, Look, Facebook can do what they want. I think from a PR standpoint, they'd probably be better off just putting on the Darth, Darth Vader hat and being like, we're for free speech, fuck you guys. And like, yes, instead yes. of trying to like, like, uh, this is my like PR criticism hat. Like they're, they're doing too much to try to, like, they're never going to be loved by the people they're trying to be loved by in their social circles. So they need to come to terms with that. Um, I, I, but I, I just, I, I don't think that do, no, I, this is where squishy middle ground Tim comes up. Do nothing is not the answer, right? Like, they need to do something, and the something that they need to do is stop, uh, is stop letting the algorithm recommend and deliver like harmful bullshit to people that don't know that it's coming. Like if somebody wants to go to Facebook.com and write into the search bar "Stop the Steal," and then find a group and click on it and join it, 
and then be in that group, and then go back to Facebook periodically, like I do for but you Tiger. You get it from the searching the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Like when I go, you to, might also every like day I go stop the Steelers. Yes, <laughs> every day I go to TigerDroppings.com to read about who LSU is going to hire for their next coach since we fired Coach O. I don't get it like delivered to me in my phone. I type into the little into the little internet bar TigerDroppings.com, and I go to my little community of freak shows who are mostly all for Donald Trump because it's LSU, but we just have a nice little community where we talk about which coaches we want. Okay? It's like that is a healthy group that we've created, this relationship. Facebook says, ooh, do you also like like Tim Scott? Maybe you might like this group about overthrowing the government. Like that, they need to, they need to stop with that shit. And, and that is true on the recommendations, and it's true on the news feed, where it's like, where, where some, one of your friends likes a post, you know, and now it's, yeah, anyway. Wait, I want to split the difference here, because I think Kate is onto something important, and I also agree with Tim. So the point that Kate is onto is that people, in retrospect, are expecting Facebook to have been the FBI. That is, to have had all points, all source intelligence, not merely what was going on on their platform, but what Steve Bannon was saying on his fucking podcast and, you know, what was going on on Twitter and Parler. And they're, they're really asking for, like, you know, a, a kind of intelligence operation that is far beyond policing their own platform. Yeah. That said... Anybody who says they didn't know that violence was a significant possibility on January 6th, and I say this as somebody who we talked about on January 5th, what was going to happen tomorrow on this show. So was the guest? uh, The guest was Steve Vladek, and we kind of all agreed uh, that there there were people who were going to try to storm the Capitol, and we also mostly all agreed that the Capitol Police were going to actually show, like, they didn't know what they were up against with the Capitol Police. So we were kind of half right. Um, But the point is, like, for Facebook to say, oh, well, we just thought this was, you know, like, noise, that's very silly of them. That, That said, I don't think you want Facebook running a general intelligence operation with a kind of futurism... And so I, I think they are in a very hard position, but you're also right that they're creating the hard position that they're in because, you know, you go to um, Tiger Droppings and you end up with, can you, do you also want to overthrow the government? Yeah, so I think that that's exactly... So first of all, I want to get into the distinction between when people say algorithm that they generally are talking about newsfeed, Tim, not, and they're lumping it in with the recommendations for groups and for other types of things. So like, we'll get to that in like one second. And like the things that they recommend up to you versus the things that you're like, versus the things that you're just automatically served. Two, you can go and like, I actually got a message, like someone corrected me on this. I said the other day that you can, that you can switch, like you can absolutely switch like how you view Facebook, the newsfeed. They call Facebook the newsfeed, Facebook blue. I will say that like your, the, how you're talking about like URLs and typing into URLs is like not how the majority of people get their use like social media anymore. Like most people use social media on apps on their phone. 
like they're not even using it on browsers necessarily on computers. There's like, so this is like kind of like, this gets into like, this is part of the problem is like, you can't have these like stickiness fixes of like creating some friction just by like making you manually type something in. Um, you, it's kind of like shadow banning. You basically delete it by like not making, people are not gonna type it in. Um, the other thing to Ben's, which maybe not bad, I know, but Ben, to Ben's point, I think that that's exactly right. Like, I think that this is a little bit Monday, like Monday morning quarterbacking to bring in the pooper scoopers or whatever it is that you said. <laughs> was like the, was like the, sorry, the lion poop. What was it? Like, anyway, I'm just, I'm, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but basically that I, th I think that there, I think that there is kind of this, like, we, we think that they didn't know things they could have predicted more. We don't want, why, why are we looking for Facebook to be banning entire group? Like even if they had banned and all of this had happened, who would we be blaming instead of Facebook? I would actually love to know that. Like, are we actually like mentioning this to place the blame for all of January 6th on like Facebook? Because that is completely insane. And okay, okay. Genevieve, Genevieve. Oh, were you just making oh, faces? Well, no, no, okay. no. I, I have two, two, two things. So first of all, it's oddly an, a bipartisan thing that you can get them both to agree to blame Facebook, which I think is key here. And then secondly, we also have, um, when you guys raised the question of whether or not um, Facebook would be like acting like the FBI, now retrospectively, that totally makes sense to me, but prospectively with their wearables, are we even going to have that choice now? And are they going to have that choice if they collect that data? I'm thinking about the glasses and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, Ben, what do you want to say? I mean, like, I think that those are all great, that those are all great points. And I think that like, basically, what I think is like, even in the idea that like, no offense, Tim, that like Tim is kind of running into this thing of like, let's blame Newsfeed. No one talks about Newsfeed. Well, actually, I think most, yeah, Tim doesn't like when I disagree with him. Shocker. Um, that there's like basically like, that there is like, that there is this kind of idea that Newsfeed is different than recommendations. Newsfeed is recommendations. It is recommendations from people you already follow or groups that you already follow or people that are already exist. Or it is recommendations to join things that you don't already follow or already do. And so like, those are like both things that happen with like newsfeed and with recommendations. And like, I think that that's, I think both of those are problematic. I also just don't think they're not run off of the actual development of the content. They're run off the behavior of the content, which is content neutral. So what I mean is, is when something is going viral or who is sharing it, where it's being shared from, they can determine this is acting more like spam or a viral marketing campaign, or like, or like Mr. Disinformation, now they're starting to be that type of fundamental, but like things that act similarly to that from a content perspective are also puppy photos and beast of the day and like everything else. Oh, and so, and so oh, okay, you're just doing that. Okay. Um, but no, go ahead. go ahead. I get it. Puppy photos. Look here. I, 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 here's the problem though. You can't, here's the problem with the Facebook, the Facebook position on this is uh, is you cannot say that I, I'm not held responsible for newsfeed and then also pump things into people's newsfeed based on algorithms. I know that sucks for that. It's like, okay, but that, that's what I'm saying. These two things don't go together. I, I would say that Facebook's position would be unimpeachable if everybody was delivered 
a a a, a timeline, a chronological feed that people had to opt into. Because then it's like, whatever, people want this stuff on our platform. Like, what are we supposed to do? But once they've made the decision that we have a news feed that we are sending things to you because you're because we think that you like it, now they are responsible for sending those things to people. And so they are going to be criticized for it. I'm sorry. Now, like the 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 ridiculous resistance moms and dads who like think that Facebook is to blame for like for January 6th. I agree with you. That's insane. That's insane. Donald Trump is to be blamed for it. Steve Bannon is to blame for it. Mo Books is to blame for it. Like like Facebook maybe made it this much worse. They certainly didn't make it better. They don't get any pounce on the back. But but I agree with you. Like that's that's an insane position. But like. They still need to be able to be big boys and girls and take their criticism when when they decide to do what they want to do in the newsfeed. Now, now if they they have, they have an alternate option, which is to get less engagement and to have people spend less time on the platform by having a more curated platform of that they choose, or by having a platform that is curated by people's own choices. That is an option. They don't want to do that because they want to maximize the amount of eyeballs and clicks that they get, and so now they they get the criticism that is associated with that. So I just want to add to this that I have, and this is going to be a little bit of love for Facebook because I, uh, uh, instead of clicking, you know, uh, uh, you know, something that uh, might plausibly be revolutionary in character, and therefore, would you also like, you know, stop the steal and, yeah. you know, overthrow, hang Mike Pence? Um, I, you know, started doing the Beast of the Day, and so uh, I get more capybara images than you could possibly imagine, uh, lizard images, um, hundreds and hundreds of cool uh, uh, spider videos, which I don't use for Beast of the Day because people really freak out when you post a picture of a spider, but like fish. Um, I have the most blissful Facebook feed, and so all my, my recommendation to everybody who wants a lovely Facebook experience is start a hashtag with cool animals, because whatever you're interested in, they will get, you will go down that rabbit hole do you so think, far. Do you think that would work for babies, too? Yes. I'm more of a baby than an animal person myself. If you start like, looking for baby videos, you will go down... Yeah. Whatever rabbit hole you go down, they will. You will like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna share with the group because we're on a public stream. What my TikTok algorithm is feeding me, but let me just say it is not <laughs> as uh, uplifting as and wholesome yeah. as uh, as the animal videos that Ben is getting. But like, but like, hold on, hold on. So I actually like this. I I really kind of love. I think that there is a mix, and this is a, never a popular thing to tell. People, but I think there's a mix of personal responsibility and like that's missing from like this entire fucking conversation that I'm real sick of kind of like just kind of I don't and this kind of started with like the like the um, Instagram like kind of well like we have had like studies that have said that like these types of like social media engagements for teenage girls is terrible for like years and decades before like Francis Haugen leaked this stuff like none of you gave a shit about it then like Ted Cruz like taking away abortion rights of young women but like being so concerned about like the fact that they might like start throwing up or something like I just like get so angry about this like I'm just kind of like I'm ugh. 
sorry, but like, this is actually something that I think is, I feel very strongly about and which is just like, I can't stand like not just hypocrisy, but like the mind bending self-service of hypocrisy, like in which you are willing to twist time and space to look like some type of righteous person in order to like serve your ends. And I just like, that is what I feel. And to, to Genevieve's point about the left and the right beating up big tech, and I really would love to hear your thoughts on this, Tim. There is no motivation under the sun that is going to get either side to come together on big tech reform, because right now it has been a completely lucrative punching bag for them. Every time they talk about it and they fundraise on it and they go and they do these clips weeping about their granddaughters and like how hard it is for them to be on Instagram. And I'm sorry that that sounds cynical, but this is like not even like close to the problems that are actually surfacing on these social media platforms. Sorry, I went a little ranty there. I just got. I'm ready. Okay. So after this, I do want to get into speaking of talking about things that are not in one's self-interest like to talk about why Joe Biden is fucking things up right now. Um, but uh, I do, uh, I will answer your big tech question, though, because you are exactly right. And this is why I'm in my hotel room last night in D.C. And I hear this ad in the background. It's like, really, it was like, we need to reform Section 230. I was like brushing my teeth. And I was like, I wonder who's running this ad. Facebook. Facebook is running the ad. And do you know why Facebook is running the ad? And they've adopted Danielle and my proposal. Uh, <laughs> really? for, yeah, for the, the, the 230 reform that they are backing is the is basically pretty close to like verbatim what Danielle Citrin and I suggested really? three or four years ago. Uh, well, I'm happy that they're stealing from you. Uh, I will tell you this though, politically speaking, why they're doing this is because you are right on the policy. Kate is right on the politics. They know that these assholes can't get it together right. to do it. They know it because the because the Republicans' complaints are all completely bad faith nonsense, which is evidenced by I wrote a very funny long article in Getter that everyone should read if they want to about how like they don't even believe their own BS on censorship. They're happy to censor when they're in charge when it, they just want to censor a different stuff. Okay, so Republicans like the Republicans' complaints about censorship are all just performative bad faith bullshit. The Democrats. Like complaints are completely split. It's like some people are like, you should censor more. And other people are, and then you have the populists that are like, break them up. And, you know, the corporate Democrats don't want that. And the, the populists want you to censor less because they're in the Glenn Greenwald build. Like these guys aren't even, it might seem, it might be this sort of sheen that there's an agreement over this, but these guys aren't even close but to Tim, being. But Tim, it's able to worse understand. than that. It's worse than that from Facebook's point of view because they believe exactly what you're saying. But they also believe that if Congress could get it together and regulate, this is what I call the Philip Morris effect. You know, there came yeah. a point where Philip Morris is like, what is the way we can prevent RJR from ever competing with us seriously? And it's like, regulation, we're the market leader, we right. can comply with fucking anything. But they're the ones who need to be innovative. So let's stifle, you know, their innovation by having a, a regulatory environment that makes it harder. And that's exactly what Facebook is doing. The market leader always loves regulation. So it's a win-win from their point of view. You know, they get credit for for embracing regulation. They're the reasonable sounding ones because the position actually is reasonable. They're not going to actually have to live under it. And if they do. Fine. Right. Right. Like that just makes Twitter like next TikTok is. But yeah. it's not you know, Facebook can engineer 
any compliance right. regime they need to. This is my final thought on Facebook. The thing that I hate the most about Facebook from my brief time consulting from them is they are brain-sucking, like, the smartest people yes, in society yes. uh, like who should be, like, solving real problems. And the problem is Section 230 does get resolved. It'll be, like, the top 10% of the Stanford MBA class will all do PowerPoint decks on how to fix this. And it's just, like, you go into these meetings, and all these people are so smart, and they're doing nothing. They're just, like, dealing with bullshit of, like, big company. And and I do feel, like, the one, the only time when I'm sympathetic to the guy, the anti-big tech is just in this creative notion that like Google, Amazon, and Facebook have sucked up all the smart people in in Silicon Valley, and like they should these people should be using their brains for things to actually help society because like I'm not going to do it. I'm a well, I'm a well, median hack. Not to like now that we've kind of put a point on the fact that it's politics all the way down, which I really do feel like really like Ben is exactly right, exactly right in his like in his policy. And I think I'm right, as you, we like the politics out from the left and the right, as you kind of enunciated, Tim. But like, yes, like everyone is like making the moves that politically make the most sense to them. Everyone is making hay on everybody else's bad press while the sun shines. And there's kind of this like, I kind of think that the one thing that is not happening is a focus on actually fixing anything that is actually making people so miserable. And I do believe that people are so miserable. Like, I actually think that these are some really fundamentally broken platforms that are causing harms and it's maybe not their fault. And it's maybe not like, but like, here's the other thing is like, why do we trust government for that necessarily? It's not like, I don't think that necessarily like people working and I've worked in government there's a lot of idiots in government and maybe it's because they all went to Facebook but this is before Facebook so like I don't know like I just basically think that like there like are like there there is a misalignment of resources and there just needs like all of this I guess my big thing and I'll wrap this up is like because I want to hear about Biden but like my big thing is that I'm just like if we like no one actually wants to solve this problem Everyone just wants to grift off of it. Is that really what's happening? You're all fucking grifters. Like you're grifters. Like that are like, and I'm like, well, this is boring as hell. Like who wants that? Okay, Genevieve. This is why we need term limits. <laughs> it's not just term limits. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that solves anything. But like, I don't know. Like I'm just like watching all of these people come after me. I say something completely neutral. I think it's neutral like just descriptive in like Twitter and three like white dudes out of nowhere that previously worked in big tech come after me with like their 65,000 person following and their tagline on their Twitter bio is like out of big tech started some anti big tech firm and let me consult with you for $10,000 an hour on big tech. And I'm just like, you're just an anti tech grifter. You're just a grifter. Like, this is just you making money on, like, this marginal float that will exist for the next 10 to 15 years. And then you'll be out of business because your expertise will be irrelevant. But sure, come after me. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> do, I need, do I need to get Luther off your back? Is that the problem? Do I need to call, do I need to call Luther? Tell him to send off the dogs. I'm very naive in all of this. And, and coming into, like... The, the reawakening of just how much politics and grift it is. It was like you were alone for a short period of time with your thoughts. And now it's just kind of like, 
Chuck, you're at Chuck E. You're dropped into Chuck E. Cheese, and it's like there's like nothing makes any sense. Like I just don't know. Go ahead, Tim. I think we're, we're good. Me and Ben want to fight about Joe Biden. Um, so I, so I, I'm just going to pretend like you asked me a question, which was, how's Joe Biden doing? And my answer is not good. And here, here's the thing. And then I'm really frustrated with it. And I do want to bring Genevieve in on this. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot, Genevieve, but I feel like I'm kind of part of the family now, so I can ask a question from time to time. You do this show every day, right? five days a week. You're very schooled in what is happening in, in geopolitics. I'd like you to describe to me in three sentences or less what the Democrats' message is on why we should pass a reconciliation and infrastructure bill. The clarity is lacking. Lacking. <laughs> Nobody can answer that question. It's insane. We're like we're all the way into the year. And everybody's always like, well, Tim, it's so there's everybody loves all this stuff and all polls at 80 plus percent. And it's like nobody knows what's in any of this shit. All they know is that it's expensive. All they know is that the Democrats are fighting with each other. And this is a time when and I'm going to sound like this is my this is my David Gergen moment right now. And in love of fun, where I'm going to sound like a douchey CNN pundit from 1990. It's like leadership, <laughs> leadership matters. But it's like, it's true. Like, Joe Biden needs to go in there and say, shut the fuck up, everybody. We're going to do the, here's what I care about. Paid leave and whatever else. I don't. I actually don't even care what it is like that much because, I, I, you know, I was a Republican two minutes ago. Pick two things that you think are going to help people's lives. Paid family leave, child care. And say and, and be like, this is what we're going to campaign on the midterms. Like you, you feel like you can't take three weeks or you know six weeks off, or whatever, when you get pregnant, like they can in every other country. We're going to make sure you can. You, your daycare is too expensive for you right now, and, and two, you can't have two people working. Like we're going to, we're going to take a bite out of that. Speaking to Genevieve, we're going to take a bite out of that for you. Okay, there are two things. That's what this bill is going to do. We're going to solve those two problems. We're not going to solve every problem under the sun that every progressive interest group wants. We're not going to give like. You know, a hundred million dollars to every random cause, and and like that's it. Or by the way, if you want to give a hundred million to every random cause, you can go ahead and do that. Just talk about the two things, right? Like, like, and and, and instead they're talking about nothing. They're they're just fighting with one another. Meanwhile, everybody's feeling like things are more expensive in their in their you know day to day lives on what they're paying what they're paying for things, and and they're not they don't see any 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 progress and, and so like maybe this all will be fixed by next year maybe it will but like right now the white house is just kind of letting this all languish and it might end up electing glenn youngkin in virginia and it's certainly hurting like democrats right now and i don't feel like there's anybody who's like raising blaring the siren except for representative jayapal who wants to send spend seven trillion castilian dollars like she's the only one all right so where so, am i wrong ben? so i actually uh, am, i am in an awkward position because i am normally in the position of uh where tim is of saying that the left is out to lunch um and i am not you know in any sort of meaningful sense uh ideologically, you know, a Democrat, like social spending is not an issue I spend a lot of time like thinking about, though I believe in a lot of it. I think you're completely out to lunch on this. 
And I think not only are you completely out to lunch, but you're you're in uh, an echo ch- a bulwark echo chamber. I'm literally sitting in the bulwark echo chamber in which there is no dissent on this point. So you and JVL and Sarah and Bill and Charlie kind of wrap each, each other, other up. yeah, rile each other up. And nobody says what I am about to say. Colon. The Biden administration made a strategic judgment to get two big things done this year and to take whatever political hit they had to in the meantime to get the infrastructure bill and the uh, social spending bill done and then to spend 2022 um, doing the messaging that is basically we brought you decline, you know, the end of the COVID pandemic, the uh, major social spending uh, that you like, and infrastructure, and they brought you an insurrection, and they're promising to bring you uh, uh, the end of democracy. This is, that is the message that they are going to run on in 2022. And this is they, they have to get two things done in order to do it. But they're not even close to getting the second thing okay, done. Okay, it's bullshit. But, but, they don't even know what they the want. Is, they're watering it down. The point is you can't evaluate this strategic judgment until, A, you see whether they can get them done, um, and B, you see how that messaging works in the period of time in which they're planning to do it. I can evaluate it. Do you know why I can evaluate it? Because they obviously have no idea what they're doing. They obviously have no idea what they're doing. They, 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 they don't, like right now, they can't even decide. There's a great, um, I'm seeing Slate now, Jonathan Weissman. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ever since they got rid of Pascal. There's a great article about this. I'll, I'll put it in the chat here in a minute. Um, where, where he's like, they can't decide between whether to do a lot of things, like, kind of okay, and, and then hope that, that all, it all gets, um, you know, re-upped by uh, a future Congress in 2026 when it's, you know, probably going to be, you know, fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene is the Speaker of the House or whatever. They're going to hope that the stuff that expires gets re-upped. <laughs> Look at G- GDF. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like that, that's their bet. Or to do a couple things really well. And, and they, they still can't even decide this amongst themselves. Like, like this notion that they, that they, that this was always part of the plan is BS. No, it's, so it's I, BS. I, it's not it's, always been part of the plan. So wait, I didn't say a period of chaos was always part <laughs> of the plan. A period of chaos is what happens when you try to wrestle 50 Democrats onto the same page about something. Um, it is, was a reasonably anticipatable. Uh, Delta was probably not reasonably anticipatable, though. But my point is, you can't, like, it is fair to say the strategic judgment was wrong. It is, uh, and to criticize the strategic judgment. And it is fair to say maybe six months from now, the messaging was completely fucked up. But right now, when you're in the period in which, you know, they are trying to get the fundamental things done on which they're going to run, is the wrong time to evaluate the messaging of the way they're running. Their, their, their campaign is going to be, we got the following things done. They want, to bring you uh, more COVID, more death, they're anti-vax, and and they don't believe in democracy and insurrection, you choose. That's what what they're trying to set up. And let's talk 
five or six months from now about whether they're in a good position to make that argument for the midterms or not. I already said, that's my final point, and Kate can stop, you know, like kind of being like, you boys are boring me with your mansplaining. But um, (laughs) uh, my final point on this is that I can make a judgment, and I already said that maybe in six months things will work out for them, luckily, that they clearly don't have a plan right now. And and they they bungled Afghanistan, and the COVID thing was bad luck. But now, like if you just and so they're probably going to end up electing Glenn Youngkin. Well, you because, won't get any disagreement with me about because, Afghanistan. Yeah, but right. That's a different matter. But no, no, but it isn't a different matter because right now he's sitting in a place in the fall where people can say to themselves, like this seems like a shit show in every level, and it's harder than you think to get people to change their priors on that. Like once. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about the Democratic base. I'm talking about, you know, the, the people who voted for Biden who didn't really love him, which was a lot of people, by the way. And and, and, and if um, a percentage of those people are just like, man, this guy isn't up for it, maybe things do turn around in six months, and maybe they turn around. And, and, you know, maybe this seems like unnecessary Tim bedwetting. But, like, it seems like a really big risk to be like, we're just going to spend the entire fall of my first year just like a monkey fucking a football over everything and not actually do anything like that that seems like a big risk politically i just want to say like monkey fucking a football is like a pretty great metaphor um but like we had a nice space where we had quiet thought and then we found the chuck e cheese (laughs) genevieve (laughs) go ahead well just one of the things that i keep thinking about also is that there are all these nods to and references from the Republican Party saying that reference Trump saying that if the Republicans do well in 2022, then he would probably be more inclined to run. It's always a risk that he's going to run. But how come this message alone is is so far removed from the narrative just generally as a unifying thing for just, the Democratic just Party? Just ask which That's something specifically, like the specifically like they, we they cannot the republicans cannot perform well in 2022 because it will increase as the risk of him running again which really at that point if there's enough time and enough snowballing of the trumpian messaging yeah. you might have a real problem putting him up against the incumbent great i'm going to unmute i'm going to unmute go ahead hey go ahead hey um so i look i think the actual answer is I, I mean, I, I think Tim is not overstating his view for dramatic effect. I am slightly overstating my view for dramatic effect. I, my, my totally honest view is you can't begin to evaluate this for about three months because you need what you need is uh, you need an answer on Virginia. You need COVID numbers low enough that people are feeling better about the Delta situation to figure out how much of the decline in Biden's uh, approval is really about this shit and how much of it is actually just, you know, we were expecting hot Joe summer and we kind of got, we didn't get the face licking parties, man. Um, uh, and, you know, I, and I think like ask, like we should talk in February about what the situation looks like, um, what the short-term costs of this were, uh, how how much they're able to rally behind and message around this uh, this whatever package they end up getting, and um, and I th- I think it's uh, my, my real point is that this is a bad point in time in which to make this evaluation. When is, when it, is ever it ever a good point? point? 
Silver. Silver. Um, I think it is a good point in time when you can say, um, w when the situation is a little bit less fluid. Uh, can I just say, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this poll here. It says, who is right on Biden 2024 fear? I, I don't know that we've really been talking about 2024 fear, but I noticed that, that 19 people say Ben and 13 people say me, so I, I, I'm, I'm below. It's almost, it's almost, almost like, like I just kind of wanted to see. I would just say, people, be very afraid. <laughs> like, whether or not I'm right about this, it is right to be afraid. <laughs> the right positional place to be is afraid because the downside, the other side is very bad. Oh, I and agree like, with that. And this is the thing that like frustrates me the most about this situation is I just I, I just I look and I think this is to Genevieve's point a little bit is like is does fear of Trump does that help Democrats et cetera et cetera I hope so I hope so but like you know it was a pretty close election and and I and I think that like the people who see clearly the threat the existential threat that comes from the other side should be acting with a little bit more urgency and care. Yeah, you know, and a little less business as usual, and I and I'm and I'm sensing a lot of business as usual from Nancy and Joe, and I understand that some people on this on the comment section want to blame Mansion and Cinema, and I think Cinema is really kind of inscrutable and crazy, but like it's still in particular, I, th I think Mansion is like a gift from God, uh, or else Mitch McConnell would be the Senate Majority Leader. But uh, but Senate Cinema is is crazy. But um, uh, you know, it's up to Joe and Chuck and Nancy to figure that out. And it's and you know they've had ten months. So so anyway, that that's I guess that's my main point is, I, is I'm sensing a lot of business as usual, and I would like a lot more fear, and I'd like everyone in the poll to side with me that we should be afraid, even. So <laughs> let's, let's go to audience questions because we are running out of time here. We got nine minutes, okay. and uh, and if Tim keeps on this thing, I'm just going to have to throttle him here on screen. But I actually, so. but I actually think that there's. Okay, hold on. I I actually kind of so like I purposely put Biden 2024 because I actually think that we're kind of like tilting around this idea, which is like he's doing so bad, and like it has nothing to do with whether Trump is running, like. That is actually like that was like a purposeful like I was like trying to kind of force a point like I think that that is like what are we going to who are we going to run if it is 2024 and it's looking like it's Trump or it's not looking like it's Trump like like we don't have anyone. So anyways, with all of that being said, uh, Frank, the floor is yours. Please ask your question. Yeah, I think I, my question has almost been answered already because I wanted to ask Tim how optimistic, pessimistic he was about the future of American democracy, but which sounds not so good right now. But um, uh, I'd like some specifics. I mean, what's the biggest problem? I mean, is it the the, the election tampering? Or not tampering, you know what I mean? In, um, in the red states or other places that are going to be a problem? I mean, is there a real concern that a state legislature, even if Biden won, say, Texas, they would just throw the, the, uh, the legislature would decide to send uh, different electors? I mean, how likely are those kinds of things that you're, uh, are the part of your doom scenario, I guess? And by the way, I just, I also want to say cheers and here's my, I uh, off glass, uh, everybody. I don't, I'll say norms, so you all have to drink to it. And uh, thanks a lot. Count stuff is really high. 
state legislatures. I think that's that's a really big concern. I think that local county elected officials, like Freak Show, Bannon Magas, like taking over county clerk offices, is is a big concern of mine. Um, uh, uh, I think that just the, just the, whether our democracy could survive Donald Trump losing by seven million votes again, but winning a narrow electoral college victory. I don't, you know, really scares me. Um, uh, Donald Trump obviously losing by 7 million votes and then winning Electoral College victory on the back of a Florida-ish situation in some state really scares me. Um, why uh, Why can't we give permission? Sorry, sorry. I'm really screechy. My voice is terrible when I hear it. Um, sorry. Wh- why did we give permission to Frank to, like, entertain your doom scrolling in like me like in like in like in real time like what the fuck i don't want to hear this okay i'll be positive i, I here's the one the one positive on this is I, I i think that the voting rights stuff is really important in states but i think that we've seen the more republicans do voter suppression shit in these states actually it's redounded against them and it's and it has motivated Stacey Abrams type activity in a lot of states. It's gotten more people registered. They're not as good at voter suppression as they think they are. So while it's not while the voter suppression stuff is not good, like in general, I think that we've seen kind of a net plus out of it. Honestly, is that is that, and that people have been turning out, you know, because awareness has grown. I completely agree with so that. So that's like the one area where I do not have doomsday. And we, we, have, suppression. We, we have a really, really strong test case of that, and that is the uh, six weeks or five weeks in Georgia between the two election days. And, um, and that was a state that was already controlled by Republican election apparatuses. And, um, and you know, I don't. I don't want to say it's going to backfire to the degree that it will actually hurt Republican candidates as a general matter. But the one clean test that we have of it did not result in what was intended, and I, and I I do think that is uh, a striking thing that a lot of you know it is emotionally satisfying for a lot of Republican. Uh, base MAGA voters and for politicians to pander to this sense that if we can just, you know, control the voting apparatus. Um, but, you know, this stuff is really, uh, well, you know, like you all know this, this is really directed at black people and black people hear it. And uh, it plays to, you know, it's it's like, you know, it, 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 it really affects voting behavior of the targeted communities. And I don't think there's good political science on the actual, you know, net impact of it. There's, there have been some attempts to study it. I don't think that they're, they're, they're all, all that comprehensive. It's a, it's a super hard thing to study because you have no controls. Um, but it's a, it is not clear to me that you, end up discouraging more marginal voters who would like to vote, but it's just difficult and you've made it a little bit more difficult so that they actually give up, then you do energize 
younger black and Latino voters who are really pissed off that you're trying to do it in the first place. Particularly in presidential races, is my last comment. Like, this could, I don't don't want to completely negate that it's not possible, because, like, in off-year elections and stuff, I think it could have an impact. Yeah, like, it could make a difference in Virginia. Virginia, Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're we're going to leave it there. Tim? I just muted. What? Hold on. What? We're leaving it there? I was just getting riled up. Were you? Were you? But, but you have to I be think, at the I Bombay think... Club in half an hour. Dude. I do. And I do. That's what I, I, I have an important. I have a very important swampy meeting at six thirty. <laughs> it's very swampy. The Bombay Club is where Monica Lewinsky had her single greatest moment. I just want to say, Monica Lewinsky is back in the news. If you look in the history, the annals of the New York Times archive you will find a Maureen Dowd column that I think is Monica's greatest moment. Um, and it is. Uh, it begins with Maureen Dowd. Maureen Dowd thinks she's being witty in this column, and she is so to- she's describing being so totally pwned that it is awesome. She talks about being in the Bombay Club with her friend Michael Duffy, who's a Time columnist, and um, seeing... Monica across the room, sitting with her then lawyer Bill Ginsburg. You'll said the older of you will remember him, the medical malpractice attorney who uh, 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 went on five network talk shows at the same time. Monica sees Maureen Dowd from across the room. This is in Maureen Dowd's description, not in Monica's description. Uh, sees Maureen Dowd from across the room, goes over to the pianist asks the pianist to play Send in the Clowns, and then goes over to Maureen Dowd and says, why do you write such mean things about me? And Maureen Dowd, the whole column, the whole, I'm not making this up, the whole column is Maureen Dowd listing what I should have said was blank, and I could have said blank, and I could have said blank, but I didn't say any of those things. And she basically flummoxed her completely and uh, walked away triumphantly. And Maureen Dowd wrote a snotty column about it, describing this. It is the ultimate self, uh, uh, like, description of being pwned by the 24-year-old intern who you've been mean to. Uh, looks like I get one more question. A bonus question. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I want to go to your, your LSU um, group. Who would you hire as the next uh, LSU head coach? Question that is in line with my interests. Um, if I could, I, I, I'm very interested in Lincoln Riley, if we can steal from Oklahoma. I'm intrigued by the notion of Mike Tomlin, who might want to leave the Steelers. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm Curious, but not ready to go there for Joe Brady, uh, who I don't think wants to recruit and was our offensive coordinator. And if those pipe dreams don't come true, I will be very happy to steal James Franklin from Penn State and make him the first black coach in the SEC. I think we'll recruit everyone, and he's a very responsible, smart man. And if there are any Penn State fans here, I'm very sorry, but we would give him his first national championship. Thank you for that question. And I'm if anyone else wants to kind of like, just spend a lot of time talking to me. 
texting me thoughts about the LSU coaching search is something that I will respond to or DMing me about them. If you DM me about, like, Donald Trump, I may or may not respond, depending on my mood. But if you DM me about the LSU coaching search, we can build a, we can build a deep relationship. We Thank have, you. We, have. we will be back tomorrow, but I won't. Because I am off tomorrow because I am teaching Pete Strzok's class with Shane Harris and then having dinner with Pete and Shane. So, uh, but we collectively will be back tomorrow. Tim Miller, you're a great American, even if you're totally wrong. Um, and uh, I'm being throttled. We're going to go for a walk, end up at the Bombay Club, uh, where I'm not going to go in because you can't go in the Bombay Club with dog shirts. Uh, you know, these are discriminatory laws that remain in effect. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be 22 hours and 58 minutes from now. And until then, Kate, who looks really perplexed and annoyed. <laughs> I'm not perplexed and annoyed. I, I think we have to figure out whether your shirt is a basset hound or a beagle. But until then, we don't have fun anymore. But we do have the poodle shirt coming in the mail. So that is where I'll leave it. Have a good night.